this is Rachel. Hey, this is Spencer. And this is Neon Boots, the 90s country music podcast. And today we have Corey Urban from Museum Mouth with us. Hi, Corey. Hello. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Yeah. You are one of the folks that actually kind of reached out to us saying that you wanted to be on this podcast instead of us tricking people, as Spencer <laughs> talked about on previous episodes. What about this idea attracted you to actually want to come hang out with us? So Mike Casey, who's been on the show, him and Lydia, Lydia Loveless, like anytime I would hang out with them, I would talk about country music with them because... I don't know. I'm in a punk band. I hang out with like indie rock bands and stuff. And usually they don't want to talk about country music. Yeah. And so whenever I was hanging out with Mike and Lydia, I'd talk about country music. And they just said, well, you should go on this podcast because that's what they do. They just talk about country music. And other bullshit. But yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't know, toyed around with the idea for a while. And then we were at a bar one night and he was, I think, texting Spencer. He was like, text them and say, I want to come on the show. And he was like, okay. And then he started a group chat with me and Spencer and it was a lot of chaos. But sure. it, it resolved in this. <laughs> well, chaos, because I'm pretty sure you all were like at the bar while this group text mm-hmm. is happening. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited because I think you're probably of the musicians we have on like the furthest removed from country so mm-hmm. far. We've been trying, but it tends to resonate, I think, more with people in like Americana ish mm-hmm. bands. So I'm excited to get your perspective yeah. on that too. So, yeah, I was born in Texas, but I never lived there. My family lived in Arkansas, so Texarkana is on the border of Arkansas and Texas. Right. So we lived on the Arkansas side, but the hospital's on the Texas side. So, But then we moved from there to, like, northeastern kind of North Carolina, like a Husky, then we moved to Rocky Mount. Then we moved to Atlanta and then back to North Carolina and in, like, Goldsboro, kind of Pikeville, Wayne County area. And so that's where I went to middle school, high school. And then I went to college in Wilmington, and now I live up here, just north of the Triangle in Rougemont, North Carolina. Rougemont. Yeah. Well, you stay in the South where country music is a thing, so that makes sense. Is that like a big part of growing up for you, or? Uh, my parents, I always say that my parents are old, because <laughs> um, they were always older than all my friends' parents, um, but they always listened to... Uh, like old country like i listened to so much waylon jennings when i was growing up mm-hmm. and like 60s and 70s country and didn't really realize that i liked it until like way after like after high school because in high school i was just like listening to like hardcore and punk all the time yeah and just like kind of rebelling against like oh, i don't want to listen to country country sucks and then like at some point like right after high school i was like wait i know all these songs and i like all these songs and so then i kind of dove back into it like on my own and and now I'm reading books about country music in my free time. That is an interesting theme that we've seen with a lot of our other guests, that they grew up listening to country in high school. They rebelled, as we all do, and mm-hmm. went the like punk or alternative-type route, and then later got back into country. Well, no yeah. one rebels by listening to country. It's like, fuck you, dad. We're going to listen to Garth Brooks. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. If your dad, if your parents are into like classical music, listening to 90s country might be a little bit of a rebellion from that. But you're not going to get that in the South. Well, yeah. So you actually pitched two songs to us, Trashy Women, which we ultimately did not select as the song, mm-hmm. but we can certainly talk about. Well, that whole song is about how his parents want him to like be classically trained pianist uh-huh. and all that. And he's like, whatever, mom, I want to rock. Yeah. But by rock, he means like play blues <laughs> licks and go to honky tonks. <laughs> and take cocktail waitresses in mm-hmm. a Dolly Parton wig yeah. on dates. That's one of my favorite lines, I think, of 90s country music. 
The lyrics of that song are pretty hilarious. Yeah. So did you discover these songs after high school then? Like when you came back to country? These or songs in particular? Like the 90s country songs? Because you said your parents listened to like... Well, I mean, we were also like driving around in the car listening to... Whatever's on the radio. Yeah, the radio. Gotcha. So okay. It was the 90s, so you still... You get a bunch of that. So, yeah, there's plenty of, you know, Shania and... Right, right. All the other staples of the 90s. I feel like... I don't know why, but... I just think of Shania Twain anytime I think of like as the icon of '90s country, which oh, yeah. as you see, she's should. actually pretty late in ni- is, in yeah. the '90s. Like she bleeds into the the aughts, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty heavily. So she's like really not even in like the heart of the '90s, but it's still. I guess that's probably like in the later '90s when I was when I was more like aware of what was going on mm-hmm. instead of just you know being a dumb baby. I think like her style and then like both her style in terms of clothing and all that stuff, and then like the changes she was making to country music. Mm-hmm. Musically, definitely made her like a big '90s icon there too. So you grew up listening to '60s and '70s country, but Ricochet as well as Confederate Railroad are a little bit more. I'm not a music person, so I don't ever have the correct terminology (laughs) for this. But it's more like it has more of an '80s and '90s sound Mm -hmm. as opposed to like an Alan Jackson who has some of that throwback to the 60s and 70s, like, more classic country. Yeah. So do you still like stuff like Alan Jackson whenever you think yeah. about 90s? Or yeah. do you... Well, my sister, my brother's 10 years older than me, my sister's 15 years older than me, so they were 80s children, children uh-huh. of the 80s. So I remember listening to, like, Sylvia mm-hmm. and, like, you know, any number of 80s. Like, my mom loves George Strait, so he was very 80s. So we listened to a lot of George Strait, too. And then, you know, Garth... He started in eighties, right? Yeah, that was eighties. Yeah, very late. 80s. Very late. Okay, eighty nine, I think. I would put him more in the nineties. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's like growing up, my whole family listened to country music, and so I was just kind of exposed to pretty much everything from when my parents were young through like everything they picked up, you know, oh, raising all the yeah. kids, and then my brother and sister's music taste uh-huh. too. Cool. So, how did you end up playing in a band like Muse and Mouth? It's more on the punk side than you haven't gone country yet. In Alan Jackson's <laughs> words, yeah. Have you considered it, or is music mouth just enough to keep you busy? And no, I mean, I I play guitar like all the time. Like I play bass in Museum mouth, but I started playing guitar when I was in high school, and now like when I'm at home, just like screwing around, I'm yeah. gonna play guitar. And usually I'm gonna play acoustic guitar, and oftentimes I'll just be sitting there like playing along to whatever's on, whatever I'm playing, which right. is country music much of the time. And sometimes I just decide to you know look up the chords and like learn how to play. Any number of country songs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, learn them and then forget them. But, uh, no, yeah, I, if I were to do anything other than Museum Mouth right now, it would definitely be very country-leaning. Nice. Like, undoubtedly. Well, y'all do that, like, cover single every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, next mm-hmm. year you could pitch a country song, kind of go uh, in that direction. Yeah. I don't think you have really done anything country-country, right? No, I don't think we have. I've pitched them before because... So the theme with those is always like it's supposed to be like a sad love song, like a unrequited love or like a... Like the very first one was a, the Herald song by Kesha, which is a really, really sad like breakup song. Yeah. This that, year was Got You Where You want, Where I Want You, right? Yeah. And so sometimes we kind of like push them to be like sadder songs. Right, right. Like we did... Uh, Santa Monica by Everclear. Right. And that song's really only sad if you there's like one specific line that you're like, oh, this song is about a breakup. Like yeah. There's like, otherwise it could be kind of just about like hanging out at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the theme of that is always a, you know, a kind of 
sad love song. That's right for country. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say uh, <laughs> too bad no source material there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem is that the other two aren't big country fans, and so like I'm always like forcing it on them. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. Um, but I've gotten them. Uh, Carl, he loves. Uh, I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh yeah, he loves that song. That's a great song. Alabama's great, and that song. I don't know. I don't feel like no one can't relate to that song. Like just feeling like yeah. rushed through life. Mm-hmm. It's a great song to drive down the interstate to. Mm-hmm. It's got quiet stuff going on. It's mm-hmm. got loud things going on. It's got layers in there. It just hits you off the bat with the chorus mm-hmm. too. It's great. Yeah. I think I didn't realize this when I was listening to country music as a kid, but then kind of realized it later is that uh, one of the main things I took away from country and learned about music is like song structure. Because song structure, I feel like is more, it's easier to pick up in country music. Mm-hmm. Like in other songs, like things can kind of blend together or like they kind of sneak things. I don't have any good examples of that, but in country music, <laughs> you get hit with the chorus right away. Or on the way over here, I was listening to How Forever Feels by Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. And that song is a pretty interesting song structure because like, it starts off with a little like full band intro, but then immediately it goes into the verse where it's just the bass and drums like barely doing anything and the Kenny singing. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Then it just like sneaks a little bit of the chorus where he talks about Jimmy Buffett, but it doesn't give you the whole chorus yet. Then yeah. it comes like the full band verse, and then you get the full chorus. And all of that was just kind of ingrained in me by the time I started writing songs. So I don't know, I just credit a lot of like my mm-hmm. understanding of song structure to country mm-hmm. music. Yeah. I mean, even as somebody who's not musically inclined, I can describe what a song structure is mm-hmm. for a country song. <laughs> Yeah, and so that was one it's of the first easy. things like I could attach to about music because before I knew like you know, anything about notes or scales or anything about anything, mm-hmm. like I could still say, okay, that's a chorus, that's, that's a verse, a that's, that's a, a pre-chorus, that's yeah. a bridge, yeah. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about the song that you did select for today? Sure. I'll probably embarrass myself a little bit, but that's fine. That's all right. We embarrass <laughs> ourselves way more on a every episode basis, so the bar's pretty... Uh, that's what we're all about here. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daddy's Money by Ricochet. What made you pick this one? So, I was, I don't know, I, I made like a little playlist of 90s country So I, when I was trying to think about all this. Mm-hmm. And this song and Trashy Women, just there's like a memory I have of like driving by a food lion in probably Rocky Mountain uh-huh. and looking out the window and like the back of my mom's Ford Taurus, just like <laughs> realizing that. I like girls, I guess. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I want a girlfriend. How old would you have been at this point? Uh, maybe 10? Okay. Somewhere in there. This song came out in what, like, 96, 97? It came out in 96. The second single from their 96. So if I heard it, debut. like, if this moment that I remember happened when it came out, I right. would have been... <laughs> Doing the math. Seven? <laughs> seven. I think. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure it stayed on the radio for a good bit after that, too. Yeah. Though. As country songs mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I remember in high school, girls would talk about like which uh, Disney prince was like spurred like a sexual awakening for them. <laughs> I think this song was my sexual awakening. <laughs> uh, or this song or Trashy Women. And so I was listening to this song upstairs last yesterday, and my wife was like downstairs working. And, um, she heard me listening to it and she was like, 
my aunt Penny used to say that that song reminded me of her. And so then that was kind of like the deciding factor. I was like, okay, well, I guess I want to do this because this song is about my wife. Uh, <laughs> and she's very much not the woman in Trashy Women. And she kind of is the woman in Daddy's Money, though. She uh-huh. does. She's got her own money. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> got her own money. So she's checking all these boxes on here, this deadly combination. Except the daddy's money one. Okay. She's got her own money, her mama's good looks, Uh more laughs in a stack of comic books. Yep. College education. Uh Uh-huh. Added all up as a deadly combination. Did I miss one? Because I'm I'm not looking at the lyrics. Good bass fisher. Good bass fisher. Country's a turnip green. She's not very good at fishing, but she is pretty country. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go ahead and listen to a little bit of this? Yeah. She's got a daddy's money. So whenever I hear this song, I think of this bar in Rock Hill called Daddy's Money that my mom used to go to when she was a student at Winthrop. And so she would go there. She knew the bartender and she would like hand him a 20, drink all night, and he would give her like $16 in change back. And it's like, this doesn't add up. <laughs> but so that's what I think of when I hear Daddy's Money. It he became, liked her. huh? He liked her. Oh, probably. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was cute when she was in college. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I didn't add up. He liked her. <laughs> and then it became the money as a music venue. That didn't last. And then it's back to being Daddy's Money now. So if you want to go to a bar called Daddy's Money. <laughs> much like the Rock band Ricochet didn't Rock last yeah. so much. It's pretty much this song. <laughs> Apparently their first album that took off strong. And then after that, not so much. So Rachel and I both discovered that they released... The Star Spangled Banner as a single. I feel like you're pretty desperate when that happens. Well, so I don't know where this, where in the order of events this happened, but they had a short version on that on the NASCAR Harder Than Asphalt album featuring folks like our man Joe Diffie. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the intro to like kick off the album. It's like, gentlemen, start your engines at the end of that. But then they put out like a two minute version that's like, just a vocal version, but sounds like someone at the Durham Bulls game singing it before. Uh, it's nothing oh, like... It's not like Jimmy Hendrix. Right, right. Exactly. It. Exactly. It's not like, oh, this is real inventive. But then I was like, well, if there is a radio format where the Star Spangled Banner would take off, <laughs> country radio would be it. You know, yeah, like that definitely. kind of makes sense, but also it's just like such a weird thing. I was watching, uh, I think it was a TNN live talk show kind of situation where they're performing this day's money and something else and then they did like an acapella version of their new single star spangled banner i was just like this is so odd that this is what they're performing to promote their album right now so i i didn't listen to their version of the star spangled banner but whenever i was listening on spotify the next song that comes up is their cover of seven bridges road where they have these really great harmonies and so did they do any of that for the star spangled banner or is it just straight yeah it's like all that and they won like vocal group of the year like the year this album came out so yeah i mean that was supposed to be their kind of strength but still like just which you don't get very much in daddy's money like you don't hear a lot of it's like a honky-tonk song right yeah and i mean i don't know pretty much any of their other songs so i mean country music is 
without a doubt, like, it's a business. They're trying mm-hmm. to make money, so they're trying to get whatever they can get on the radio. And honky-tonk stuff might go over a little bit better than tight harmonies. Or, like, why not do both and just see what sticks? See what right, happens. right, yeah. Like, that's, I know that's a big part of, like, reading a bunch of books about country music and specifically about Music Row in, like, the 60s and 70s, and mm-hmm. they constantly talk about how, like, they would record, you know, four songs in three hours and just, like, throw it at the radio and see what happens, and, like... Yeah. You just do that over and over again until you make some money. Something works. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, they did release Let It Snow, and that charted four different years in a row at Christmas. So I guess they're like, we still need to get money daddy's money. money. Yeah. Still need to get daddy's Aww. money, but not... Yeah, daddy's money. Apparently, their band name came because they were performing as the Silver Bullets. Obviously, I would think even they would know, like, Bob Seger and the Silver mm-hmm. Bullet Band would have a problem with that. <laughs> and so, you know, being clever, they decided to call it Ricochet. Is you know, that they, clever because bullets ricochet? Yeah. Or is, yeah. is that clever because that's the response to... Ooh, it's a twofer. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Depends on how you read that one. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know a ton else about ricochet i don't know um, that there's much else to know no. i don't know either the song they didn't write this song probably least well-known guy on here steve seskin yeah he's written for a lot of folks but it didn't seem like any of the songs that he's written have like charted really high because i couldn't find a list of yeah i think there. tim mcgraw's girl man don't cry was the best one mm-hmm. he's really or the most successful i guess i should say um, I know we talked about Mark D. Sanders before. Do you remember why we talked about him? Well, I looked it up, but oh, well. he wrote I Hope You Dance by Lee and Womack. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had Heads Carolina Tells California. We talked about that one. Faith Hills, It Matters to Me. John Mike Montgomery's If You Got Love. He's got some, Those are good. He's got some really fingers. good. Wait, who's this? This is Mark D. Sanders. Okay. One of the songwriters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Trace Atkins, This Ain't No Thinking Thing. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. I still think his best next to his Carolina Tales California might be Reba's The Heart of Lonely Hunter. That's a mm-hmm. real good one, too. Mm-hmm. And then Bob DiPiero has just, like, a million country hits. Like, I don't know. And a lot of them are, like, kind of cheesy ones like this. Like, Neil McCoy's Wink is yeah. really cheesy. Pam Tillis's Cleopatra, Queen, Queen of, of Denial. Denial. Which is one of my favorites. <laughs> you know, he's got, like, a lot of these, like, pretty cheesy things. And you definitely need to... Listen to Wink. It's very on the nose, stupid. But I don't know how else. I hope we get to talk about it at some point. It's really dumb, but like also. Catchy. I don't feel like a lot of people remember Neil McCoy stuff. <laughs> Much in the way that not a lot of people remember Ricochet stuff. Well, but Neil McCoy had more than just Wink. He had like two or three songs, but I just don't think that he stands out the way that some other no. artists did. Bob DiPiero also wrote Money in the Bank by John Anderson, which kind of keeping with the money theme. <laughs> I know that's post swinging, which means right, that right. you don't you don't, I don't love care. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that like this song kind of exemplifies in some ways what I like about Nice Country in that like it's very like surfacey in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but also there's just like weird lines that are thrown in there like. The more laughs in a stack of comic books is hilarious to me because it's like this is the nineties. This is like the days cool. It, well, and also it's like it's not the days of like Archie. You know, this yeah. is like actual like comic book superhero comic books where I wouldn't be associating that with laughs. I bet it was because it was written by somebody who was old. Right, right, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and the connections. You know, her second cousin was my third grade teacher. Used to cut her grandma's grass, like all that kind of stuff. I like these like kind of 
quirky little bits that are in there. That just means y'all are from a small town. Yeah, I know, I know. But I like that that's in there. And I was listening to it on the way over and thinking about, you know, you mentioned Mike Casey earlier. I went to earlier this week, so well before this episode will air, to see Brad Paisley with him. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and this guy, Riley Green, opened for him, and they played his new single together, and it's called I Wish Grandpa's Never Died. And we were listening to it live, and we're just like pretty much predicting like what tropes they were oh, going yeah. to hit. And it's like every single one. The creeks and the back roads and the fishing. The fishing and the dogs and cotton and like the, the rose named Copperhead. Like every single thing is so predictable. And at least there's like a couple things in here that's like maybe not just like a it's, standard it's trope like of... A, it's like a, that's on the Perfect Country Western song. Right, right, yeah. Which that was like a parody of right. country music. But it's like, it's not a parody. That guy just did that. Mind all the tropes for the song about Grandpa. Yeah, and like, this character, this uh, woman, she doesn't have a name, the angel in the choir robe, wouldn't appear in a modern country song, I don't think. Because like in a modern country song, well, like even would, this one... she would just be wearing short shorts. Well, and that's the thing, like, <laughs> I thought about in this song, because very superficial but he's talking about her the whole time where in a lot of modern country songs it's like she laughs at my jokes you know it's like, very it's, like it's like what this, right 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 exactly it's like you know when she's got them short shorts on she really turns me on or you know something like that <laughs> like it would be something just like all about like what she does to me or at least like as surface level superficial as this is of just like listing out characteristics you know, they're not talking about a wild imagination in modern country or college education. Like, yeah. either of those. It's like, eh, it doesn't matter. Is she hot? Like, it's basically it. Like, How does she look in those shoes? Right. Can she drink a lot, probably? You know, maybe yeah. the bass fishing one. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's way off the rails. But just, like, what I was thinking, those two songs put together. Because as much as I, that uh, Grandpa's Never Died song is stupid, it did get in my head a lot. <laughs> It's, it's the songs that like you you hear a line and you can predict in, what the next line is. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that get stuck in your head because, well, and there's all types of educational theory about that. There's like it's kind of like spoilers and shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's research to show that like if you can predict how a movie is gonna end or if you know what's coming up, like you're actually gonna enjoy it more, right? Like because you can you get to piece together like oh this is what this is mm-hmm. like alluding to and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I mean, yeah I'm sure the same thing happens in music like, yeah ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> I don't have any other uh, deep thoughts about Ricochet or anything we didn't watch, watch don't want to talk about video. more misogyny in country uh, music right. yeah <laughs> it's a shocker um, <laughs> this is light misogyny right. yeah <laughs> this one is definitely not as bad as it could get right uh, it is a little like. The whole concept of it being, like, after her daddy's money is a little, like, uh, exploitative, I feel like. He's like, yeah. he's gotta get that money. He's a gold digger. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. I guess there are worse things in country songs at this point. I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's bad, but... I mean, I don't I don't think it's, like, you know, hugely detrimental to yeah, yeah. anyone's brain. We, but, I don't think that anybody is thinking about it that deeply. Oh, but what else am I going to do? True. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is listen to music. Love to pick it They're up. Like, it's like fifth time through that course, you know, what else are you going to do? We did watch the video for this. It is not worth seeking out whether you have a title subscription, which we don't, and can watch it in good quality, or as we did, stream it in like 
40p where it's real <laughs> blocky they have some great mullets you can see that in any youtube video but it's basically just them performing live yeah spencer you were disappointed because you wanted to see what in their mind was this perfect woman right yeah i wanted to know the like well, maybe 1996 they vision find her maybe <laughs> that was the whole point of the video originally and they couldn't find that perfect woman so they were like scrap it we're just gonna do a live like, performance they're like these three songwriters built this idea in our heads and now we can't find her <laughs> she doesn't they, exist. they stay single all six Some of them for the rest of their lives like Something I just thought of that's kind of crazy about the song is, and maybe this made sense at the time, but if she's got a college education, why is she back home singing in the choir? Because she came home to be a school teacher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's the only thing I, I could think of. Most everybody that I know of from my small hometown mm-hmm. that left to go to college and came back came back in our teachers. Yeah, school. and my high school was literally full of people who taught at my high school. They also went to my high school. Yeah. And it was just them being bros, and it was kind of awful. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing ever happened at my high school as far as, like, school. <laughs> because the bros were hanging out, reminiscing yeah. about when they were in high school. Yeah, it was just like, they're both coaches, which is busting into the other class, being like, hey, you guys watching movies? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're in AP history watching, like, Gladiator or something. Uh-huh. It's like, wow. this is historically accurate. That's what you got to do. You got to pick it apart. What's not historically accurate. That's how you make it learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I watched so Selena now, so, so many So now times. we know that Spencer likes to show movies in his um, I very rarely do, but <laughs> the best one, uh, one year, we were really close to Christmas, and the thing I was supposed to be teaching about my business class, like workplace safety and stuff like that, which like when you're with a bunch of freshmen, like what? What? What are you teaching? So I showed Home Alone 2. Because, you know, there's the job site, the construction site Mm -hmm. that he runs to. And so it was like, pick out the things that aren't safe for a workplace. Wow. So, you know, I made that work. That's some pretty deep planning. Well, you know. Good job. There were a couple other things I threw in there Mm -hmm. to make it relevant to what we were doing. But that was probably the the best. Isn't Donald Trump in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bless. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Sorry for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Way to be a downer. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about cool stuff. Um, tell us a little bit more about... Uh, so we've already discussed that Museum Mouth is not really inspired by country music, but what do you guys have coming up? And tell us a little bit about that. We're playing Hopscotch in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're playing on a Thursday. And we got to... Uh, so Nathan Price, who is one of the main people, or maybe mm-hmm. the main person who books stuff for right, Hopscotch, for Hopscotch. contacted us and he was like, hey, we do this every year and we have artists curate their show which means basically we got to say we'd love to play with these people and then they just did all the work and made it happen so it's charlie bliss illuminati hotties kississippi and tom berlin yeah and you guys are playing in the middle so of that we've we've never actually met charlie bliss but hopefully will but have all the other him? bands we've all been like friends with for quite a while now i guess you'll be hanging out there all thursday night but Otherwise, who else are you? Would you like to see if y'all weren't running off so quickly? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't really put much thought into it because... It's not going to matter? Yeah, it's not going to matter. Any of y'all's friends that are playing? We're friends with everyone in Truth Club. They're from the Raleigh band, and they're playing on Saturday. Friday. Friday? I think they're playing, like, every day as far as day parties. Yeah, I think they have a Thursday day party with Charlie Bliss and some Mm -hmm. other bands. And then I think they have a Saturday day party. But, uh... Travis and Cam are in Truth Club, and they were in a band called Astro Cowboy, which are from oh, yeah. Wilmington. Yeah. And Museum Mouth is from Wilmington, even though I live up here now. And 
Astro Cowboy was a band that we got to see Travis and Cam like become like really like good songwriters. And now that they're in this new band, Truth Club, which pulls a lot of the same like inspiration and stuff, they're having some pretty good success. They're like out, they got on a record label. They're not a little baby band anymore. A little yeah. teenage band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> teenage band. I like that. Well, I feel like I was looking through the lineup after the day parties were announced and. Probably at least half the people we've had on are playing a day party or part of the actual festival. Yeah. So if you have heard someone on here and you like their band, then go to Hopscotch. They're probably playing Hopscotch. Look them up. Uh, I don't think you can actually go to Hopscotch this year without seeing Reese McHenry at least once. Oh my god! I think she's playing like eighteen. She's everywhere. Yeah. Day so what's parties. the like country leaning lineup? Is it's it? the one on uh, uh, Friday. That's at uh, Poorhouse is the closest. It's got T Gold, which is uh, Simon. We just had him on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Tongues are on it. Watson Twins, and then also Saturday at Lincoln is Blue Cactus, who we've had on. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, Mike and the Moon Pies, and Kelsey Walden, who trying to see if we can talk to her while she's in town. So nice. I think those are probably the two strongest ones country wise. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. But yeah, so y'all were skipping out of hopscotch early. We're talking a lot yeah. about hopscotch and rubbing your face. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. Because uh, so then on that Saturday, we're going to Indianapolis to play a queer music fest. It's inaugural year. That means first, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So their first year, it's called Buzz Cut. We're playing Shun, which is like this insane like. Oh, the very first track on his new record is a Roy Orbison cover. And it's just really pretty and, like, just all sorts of crazy layers going on on it. And what song is it? Big As I Can Dream. And it's weird how it's so different from the original, but still very true to the original. It's a pretty interesting song. And then it immediately goes into just, like, insane party dance music. (laughs) The name of the project is Shun. It's spelled kind of crazy. S-S-I-O-N. There, he's in a black tank top. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rachel, for verifying his... Existence on the website. Black he's tank top wearer. He's very gay. It's going to be a very gay festival. Everyone in my band's gay except for me. So yeah, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> How a, a guy who is inspired by a song about a girl in a choir loft ends up getting invited to a gay music festival? Uh, I mean, it's not me. It's not, <laughs> I'm not the one who uh, <laughs> instigated that invite. Um, but I love it. I love getting to you know be like a small part of mm-hmm. that i mean i'm not like obviously i'm not like in that community right but i get to i get guess be part of it i don't uh-huh. know i don't, I don't want to like claim anything i'm not right i don't have a right to claim to right what else oh and then we're doing a in the fall we're doing a month-long tour opening for max bemis of say anything oh sweet Ooh. which we've been friends with him for a little while now he through bizarre just circumstances on the internet, like a mix-up where our song got posted on something instead of his song. He discovered us and really liked our record, uh, Alex, I Am Nothing. And through all of that happening, he ended up signing us to his record label, and we put out a record on his... His label is an imprint of Equal Vision Records. Mm -hmm. And so we've done one big tour with him. Or with Say Anything proper, uh, I guess it was like three years ago. And now we're kind of doing it again. And we're working on a new record, but we've been working on a new record for like two years. <laughs> maybe even three years at this point. We just have, con- we constantly write songs and they get pieced together and songs get dropped, new songs get added. And 
that's kind of all we've got going on for the rest of the year as far as music stuff goes. I did want to shout out my friend's radio show, if I can. Yeah, Absolutely. go for it. So, my friend Cecile, she does a 80s country show called Downhill Swing on WHUP yeah. at 10 a.m. on Sunday. She's on, she's on our to-do list. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah. I love Cecile. Uh, and she's super knowledgeable about country music. She's just got facts on facts on facts. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna she's gonna school the hell out of us if we ever get her on, which is fine. Yeah, <laughs> people just stop listening to us and switch to her show. That's, That's fine. fine. <laughs> but yeah, if you like country music, you should listen to her yeah. show. She always has a theme, and it's pretty fun. Like the way she works in little tidbits of information. Yeah, love her show. She's much more professional about it than we are. Oh I'm sure. no, it's <laughs> a pretty low bar right there. Like. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you at Hopscotch, if not before. Yep. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. There's no mountain that's too high.